We are no one. We are everyone. And we are invisible. We convinced ourselves that they were gone. But they were just hibernating. They came for everybody. All police. Are we safe? I guess we have ourselves a reckoning. What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. TikTok, TikTok. Welcome, everyone, to the final episode of We Watch Watchmen, covering the finale of the uh, HBO Watchmen series, as we have been covering it episode by episode since the very beginning. And uh, joining me tonight for the big finale episode, luckily, we got almost a full house. Uh, we got on on my uh, metaphorical right here. We have um, Adrian Veidt's Squid Wrangler, Mister Russ Latham. More like we watched Watchmen. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I see what you did there. The two hundred and eighteenth clone of Mister Phillips, Mister Aaron Newworth. I am the walrus. <laughs> but are you though? Are you really? And, you know, first Robert Redford took his guns, then he made him say sorry. It's Mr. Daryl Taylor. Now I'm going to sit on the porch and just be mad about it. <laughs> I, uh, I, all I can say, you know, if you could see me right now, you'd see me golf clapping, because this ended so well. I thought mm. just was was absolutely great. Um Zingers left and right. I, I was mm-hmm. I was very mm-hmm. very satisfied with the denouement and where everyone ended up at the end of this. Um, the the shock from Lori Dossie at the end. The you know the Lady True saying MF her in Vietnamese, uh, <laughs> looking through the hole in her arm. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, opening the capsule that had Senator Keene inside of it after he was, uh, you know, liquefied. That was fun. But there were so many moments in this episode, it just kind of blew me away. I mean, from the very beginning of this episode, it doesn't really stop. And it ties no. a lot of things together and answers a lot of questions that we had along yeah. the way. Um, this is a very satisfying episode. Is there anything it, else you want to say yeah. before we jump into it, uh, guys? Because there, I mean, I, there's a lot to it, digest here. I know. It just, it just was a... I don't know, it was an emotionally satisfying one as well. Like, you know, sometimes the end and it doesn't hit you like that. But I mean, it was, even though I'm glad it ended the way it did, I, I still miss not seeing this world for a while or ever again. We don't know. I totally um, get what you mean. Like it has plot climax, you know, the action climax, obviously, but then it has that emotional climax right after yeah. with Lewis Gossett and Angela, you know, Abar in the, um, in the theater where the mm-hmm. where it all began mm-hmm. and her children were sleeping on the stage and that was like definitely the emotional climax for me. Oh but, yeah, oh yeah. Um, it was and it was interesting that they were separate. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were kind yeah. of parsed out from each other. 
Two um, things. One, I have one question. This does not necessarily apply to this episode. I was curious. The character Red Scare. Mm-hmm. Is, do you think he's actually Russian, or he's just doing a Russian accent to promote his like? I think he's overly thing. Russian, and he's not even that he's Russian. Just, like, is, do you think he? I, I'm I think he's a bit. I think yeah, because yeah, I'm thinking he bit. is he yeah. is in Tulsa. Like, why would a Russian be like? Yeah. Maybe he's just like a guy who's doing that to like promote his like. I think idea. you thought that would be cool, uh-huh. like a wrestler, right? Like, I think this well, would be think, cool. Do you think Sister Knight is a real nun? <laughs> wow, she is. She, she likes ordained. to do things in a it's closet. Pir- it's pirate so, Jenny, yeah. a real pirate. I mean, I mean, but they don't have to is. like they don't have to like put on accents to do the thing that they're doing. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think it's an act because I mean that is really yeah. not a good accent. I think it's, it's also very us. Russian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very golden eye Russian. Yes, my uh, my own, yeah, exactly. Invincible. My only uh, my other thing. And I mean, Peter Peter solved this, but I mean, there's only one major issue in this episode, and it's a lack I, of lube man. Well, yeah, not man. only the lack of lube man, but the lack of Pete. answer. Yeah. The lack of answers as to who lube man, his identity. I mean, but luckily Peter Peter came to the rescue. Peter Peter filled the zilch for us. Thank goodness, because that was a lacking part of this episode. I mean, I was like waiting for like Senator DeKean, you know, he's like hopping in. And maybe like Lubman was going to come out and be like, "Wait, hold on, I have the answers." <laughs> and it doesn't happen. I did. I did. There was a part of me that the Lubman was going to come out of somewhere and and, and help some way in uh-huh. some way or save one person or something. Like I thought they were going to do a Lubman. The Tachyon cage is stuck halfway down. Yeah. Did, yeah. What are we going to do? <laughs> yeah. I just because like. I, I get like I get that it's kind of a joke and that yes the PDPedia did fill it in. I just wonder yeah. like was there any other like purpose initially because it's not like he didn't insert that character into the no, show. At one point. No. So it's like was there ever any necessary cause that that was going to create? Maybe they just didn't have it, time or something to film. It did something? feel like and listening to them talk about it like and, and I love that uh, hearing hearing uh, hearing him talk about the process and stuff. It does make me think that. There was something they wanted to, you know, they they did have a little bit that they could have did with it, but it just didn't have time. So yeah, no, I, I, it's it's hardly just a complaint. Do it. I'm just curious. No, or I haven't. I've listened to the first episode of the Companion Watchmen podcast that Blindelof and uh, I Craig love that recording. I haven't listened to all three yet. So yeah, I recommend listening to that podcast too. It fills in some of the the corners or whatnot. I loved the the fact that they didn't really describe, you know, figure out Lumen or have him be part of the plot. It was just kind of one of those no, weird, just, those weird world, world coloring things that there's out there. You know what I mean? It'll always be out there. There'll be Lubman. Uh, I can save you, Doctor Manhattan. I yeah. bought my lubricants. You know. Yeah. Um, Who hadn't said that at a party? <laughs> at least once. <laughs> Uh, it depends on what kind of party you're at, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this episode starts in 1985. Uh, Adrian is recording the message to Robert Redford about his future presidency. It's the same video that Wade saw a few episodes ago that told him the truth of what happened in New York. And uh, the cleanup crew is cleaning up. And while they are, uh, beyond an adult beyond Lady True's mom, slips into Adrian's uh, office and there's a giant painting of Alexander the Great behind the desk and in the de- in the or behind the painting is a uh, refrigeration unit full of seed genetic material Ozymandias' genetic material mm-hmm. and um, she slips into the office when no one is looking they're all focusing on him giving the video recording and she inseminates herself 
Does she like swear at Vite first and then like do it? Like, yeah, she says up yours, like, Ozymandias, or something like yeah. that. <laughs> and she fills the empty vial with like dishwashing liquid and puts it back. Cut to 2008, and somebody in a giant parka is walking toward uh, Karnak. Karnak. Yeah, and it's uh, Lady True. And uh, Adrian, it's, it's cool. Like we see it in 85, and then we see it like, you know, a few decades later. It's fallen on some rough times. Like, Adrian's there by himself. Parts of the Karnak seem like they don't have any heat, right? Um, he's still doing the uh, the squid thing, right? You know, she figured out what what he had done. And he says, you know, that that's... Uh, she appeals to his ego, you know, tries to. And then uh, she says, you know, you had a genius idea 20 years ago, but you're still doing the same thing, just smaller. Talking about the randomized squid storms mm-hmm. that he's been dropping throughout the globe. Um and she's kind of right. I mean, you know, she calls him yeah. a re- she calls him a rerun, which comes into play later in the episode. True. Um, but yeah. but Lady True isn't there to measure him really. She just wants funding. She wants to create a quantum centrifuge. She designed to kill Doctor Manhattan and harness his power. And she says she wants to do all the things that he should have done, like clean the air and make nuclear weapons disappear and render the Earth into a better place. But uh, Adrian's like, look, my Parents were wealthy beyond beyond compare, and when they died, I gave all that money away and built myself up from nothing. So that is what I offer you, the gift of nothing. And then he sneers at her request, and he adds, I will never call you daughter, after she intimates that she is indeed his daughter. Remembering the number batch of semen that she was conceived with, yes, which Oof. was pretty gross and weird. So years later on Europa, we see... You know, she she tells him, like, the times and everything she's going to be sending the spaceship to watch Dr. Manhattan. And that's why he's been watching his watch so often mm-hmm. in his, like, little, uh, you know, Victorian steampunk uh, space suit he had or whatever. Because she told him when her satellite would be there looking at Europa. When we saw it before, all we saw it spelled out was, save me, D, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And now we see it spells out, save me, daughter, with the bodies of Miss Crookshanks and Mr. Phillips, and that the satellite that we saw earlier was indeed from Lady True. That gets her to send him a spaceship, which lands, like, right on the grounds, and the game warden confronts him, and he kills him with a horseshoe to the gut. There's a good conversation here, though, because he asks, oh, yeah. why, why'd, you, why'd you make me wear the mask? Like, mm-hmm. and it's, it, it's good stuff. <laughs> Well, he says, because I wanted a worthy adversary. Mm-hmm. And he said, but it also, well, the game yeah. warden says, was I a worthy adversary? And he was like, no, not in the least. Yeah, I love that. I love that. He doesn't even give him that. Yeah. yeah. But you put on a good show. which I he catches the bullet, which is another call. Oh, right. I forgot to mention, she, he shoots yeah. at him and he catches the bullet, uh, just like he did in the graphic novels. But it, what I... It's it's neat, like for these clones, it's still neat character building. The idea that he made him wear a mask, and so right. this person became this kind of all-consuming like foil to Adrian. Like that was his mm-hmm. goal. Like well, plus he, he was he was the first of the clones. You know, he, he was the first. Yeah, he was yeah. the first of them. Yeah, he was like but the like, Adam he, of the Adam and Eve that uh, that John created. The idea that it like it, it made him as a person have a different sort of agenda than everyone else. That's that's interesting to me as far as like be, just because he's wearing a mask, which is a big part of like this series in general. Like what kind right, of power that right. what kind of power an individual feels because of having this sort of anonymity or having this kind of higher. 
standing based off of what they're trying to accomplish. Like that's that's a neat little bit before you know gets the hell out of Europa. <laughs> this this went a long way to kind of steer me away from the thing that I was kind of afraid of with what they did with Adrian, which is I thought for a while they were kind of making him into a buffoon where he's never mm-hmm. been a buffoon. Mm-hmm. And that, which that's always the gripe I have with sequels in general, when they take characters that were somewhat serious and turn them into, to blithering idiots um, for, for no reason. Um, see Thor, the dark world. Uh, <clears throat> um, and so given the fact that this was all like a game to him, that he had an end point to in order to, to get off, like then it, like I kind of, it kind of became okay with me. Like I was like, okay, I get it. Like he was kind of being silly purposely because this was, again, they made a point of, of showing how he sees things 15 steps ahead. Right. So mm-hmm. this was more of that. And so the reason he was kind of playing a little loose with it was because I think he just felt like it's, it, it was kind of a game for him and he was kind of going through the motions and, and his intention was to always to get to that end point that he ended up getting to. So, Plus, he's, took, he's done a, a total 180 on his, like, when he asks John, he begs John to send him to Europa, he says, it sounds like heaven, it sounds great, and then he's yeah. there, and, like, within a year, he's losing his damn mind and looking for a way to get out. Yeah. You know? right. That's just the way his brain works. And I'm glad that all this stuff lined up, like, with the, the time shift with Adrian, like, his timeline not being in the same time sink as Angela's. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm glad it all ended up lining up uh, as well as it does in this story. Um, We're getting ahead of my. Or I'm getting ahead a little. Bit. We're going to have to talk about this, but there is a reveal of the statue, and my, I thought I knew it. Like I, my my mind is like I knew it. That's just kind of my reaction to that part. Well, he gets on the spaceship, and uh, the you know Mr. Phillips and Ms. Crookshanks are all lined up on either side of him, you know, to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. And he uh, steps onto the the ship, and I was wondering as the ship flew off, I'm like, now what? Now what for these yeah. these maids and butlers? What are they going to do? You know, I mean, right. when I was thinking like, okay, it's a long way home. Like, there's no seat, right. there's and no com- cabin compartment, there's no like, bathroom. He's just literally standing there. Right, right. I'm like, he doesn't even have a chair. Damn, son. You know, <laughs> but uh, it turns out he doesn't need one because he gets sprayed with this gold lacquer. That Get a ends new tan. Up, huh? Give him, give him a new tan. Yes. yes. Right. Well, yeah. it's a golden tan. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's right. But turns out that the statue that's been in Lady True's uh, uh, vivarium this whole time is actually Adrian Veidt <laughs> under a layer of this, like, uh, sealant or whatever, um, which is hilarious and incredible and explains... I remember when we were asking, why is it the old version of Vite? Because Laurie asked yeah. the same question. Yeah, he's like, why did you make him so old? Right, right. Um, the scenes with Jeremy Irons and, and Hong Chao, I loved. Oh, they're great. Like, every time they're sparring or whatever, they were just, it was just very, very good. And she was even, like, um, kind of using some of his own speech patterns when they when mm-hmm. they were talking and stuff. Uh, it, was, it was pretty great. Adrian is back on Earth. And uh, they they hose him down <laughs> to get all the gold <laughs> off of him and stuff. And facing someone, uh, facing a Dr. Manhattan, who has been teleported into the clutches of an extremely self-satisfied uh, Senator Joe Keene Jr. Oh, and yeah. 
the members of Cyclops, including Judd's wife, the original Senator Keene who passed the Keene Act. Um, this is like the higher echelon of racist crackers mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in the Cyclops <laughs> group. <laughs> um, Joe Keene starts giving the speech while yeah. he's taking his clothes off. He's speechifying. <laughs> and then... Uh, He's talking about, like I said, I, I quoted a little bit of this earlier, you know. Uh, first, Redford took our guns. Then he made us say we were sorry. And, you know, sorry to be who we were. And he just kind of, like, goes into this. And it's a lot of the jargon you hear from, like, some of the America Firsters and stuff. It, it would have fit right into some of those rallies, you know. Um, they keep having this uh, Keen and, and Lori keeps taunting him, right? At All this right. point, we know like Manhattan's there too, right? Right, Manhattan's yeah. in, in the yeah. cage. Yeah, because last last time we talked, we were like Manhattan's dead now, but it's dead. He just was teleported here, right? That's where... they haven't teleported yet. He, no, I'm saying, said, no, right. I'm saying no. Oh, no I'm saying last sorry. week, last week at the end, we were, or not, whatever. It's been a while since we recorded. Um, when when they got Manhattan out last week, didn't we all assume that he was dead at that point, or like think we? Not necessarily yeah, we completely debated. Like right. kind of, gone. We're yeah. kind of leaning on the idea that he's been killed at this point, or at least so, broken down. Cause, and, yeah, cause, yeah, cause, yeah, well, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So this episode's like, no, they just moved him over here. Like that's right. what actually. Right. And they, the plan, him. Well, their plan is to extract his power and transfer it to Sander Keen. They yeah. even have like the capsule that is, you know, reminiscent of the intrinsic field generator capsule. Uh, mm. From the original Watchmen or whatever, and he keeps taking his clothes off, or whatever. And Lori, uh, as she's doing this, she realizes that Wade is under a Seventh Cavalry mask. He's kind of like guarding her, you know, telling her not to look. You know, right. like he's her only ally there. And uh, Lori's like, "You look stupid in those panties." <laughs> and it's the exact, it's the, it's exact, the exact, yep, style that Manhattan wore. Like when he got down, you know, throughout the graphic novel, he whenever he, you know progressively wore less and less clothes so that was yeah. like the last bit before he just was like going commando the um la- the last time we talked i talked about how like uninterested i was in in, in um keen and keen right. yeah and just like whatever his agenda was and i'm just looking at this thing and the show knows this too like the show yeah. is not like he is yeah. not the main villain he is not the guy no, he is not the, at all he, he's like i don't know Grand Moff Piet or something like he's just like like, just like one of these other guys. It's like I guess you're a threat too, but like fuck you, like I don't care about you, like I don't care about your racist agenda. And, and it's pretty racist. poignant. <laughs> it's pretty poignant too, because I mean, not just today, but every every time there's a sea of change in the world, which is just the way life is. Everything changes as we go on. There's always the same rhetoric, right? There's mm-hmm. always that same. We got to get back to the old ways, you know, like. You've taken our way of life away from us. Like he's he's saying it's the same old tune. He's just yeah, singing our the problem same is old our tune. conservative values are threatened. And right, 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 right. You're taking away what made us. They took away you know, our guns. Us. They took away our. You know, we yeah. had to war on Christmas, and you know, we have to respect other people's beliefs for Christ's sake. And too many cats and dogs living together. I don't like yeah, that either. Oh, no, we can't have that. Too much violence. Too many violence. the crust on, on our bread. Look at my chest. It's full of hair because yeah. I ate crust. Which goes to this to, to what to this too, where it's, it's a reoccurring theme of uh, human nature is uh, you know the, the the first thing reaction to human to, to anything is 
fear and reacting in fear is going back to the old ways or holding on to your beliefs, holding even if they're outdated. Like we see it with with uh, Vite. We're holding on to the same thing. He can't move past what he, you know, like what his original plans were. He's so stuck in that. So what you're saying is that fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hatred. Hatred well, is passed to the dark side. But I thought people would get would get it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to blow your reveal there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Force be with you and all. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I was wondering while I was watching this, where's Angela? Well, uh huh. She's busy breaking the fingers of a 7K member. To find, to find out where they have John. She don't um, play. Where is he? Snap. <laughs> <laughs> where is he? Snap, snap. I'm like, I will ask you again. <laughs> which made, which called to mind uh, when Rorschach does that. Uh, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's something else that reminded me of Rorschach that happens a little bit later on. Um, Angela shows up. While they're trying, while you know Joe is monologuing or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying to explain to him, "Look, man, Lady True, you're just like making this happen for Lady True, you know." And she says, "How, however long you've been planning your shit, she's been planning hers longer, right?" Yeah. So like, his ego is so much though he can't even fathom that Lady True would have some way to. And it, it's a different choice. So if her mask is off, she's not trying to like. Usually in the in the story, there'd be some like she tries to sneak in some rescue and you know do a whole thing. No, she's not doing that. It's over. The the, the sister night stuff is over. Like the masks are off. She right. just goes it's to just him her. straight up. She it's just goes to like him a straight black, up. A black like Kevlar bodysuit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just saying. Listen, he even calls her all. He even calls her a black bitch, which I thought yeah. was just too much. I'm just like, oh man, something bad's gonna happen to him now, you know. But I did, I like that he said that because it goes to even though he tried to say how sophisticated he was throughout the series, I'm not like those racists, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Go down to it though. The heart of it is he, he is. He's just, it's just a hate is hate. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no the doubt. Same nonsense. I just so I, was, I, just, um, I, I thought it was really cool. The way they use some of the same rhetoric that we see, like the alt right use now, um, you it know, never the American First, there's like Stephen Miller types. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's the same rhetoric that we hear now, and it's exactly the kind of thing that poisons mm-hmm. people like that. It's the same rhetoric we always hear because yeah. it never changes. Like it, it yep. always. We heard this in the '80s with Reagan. There was a similar thing was going on, where, and that's how he got. You know, that's part of what his uh, strategy to get in was. But yeah, that's it, it, we always hear that. It's always the same thing. It's never every everybody thinks they're new. They're doing something new or different, but it's always the same thing. We we always go through the same. Pattern. I just like seeing it in this context. You know, what I mean, it's yeah, kind of a, I do. Uh, you know, one of my favorite shows of all time. You know, not to get too much of a digression, it's The Twilight Zone, because like a third of their shows are really able to take fantasy and sci-fi and like kind of. Like, say something more than just a fantasy or sci-fi thing, you know what I mean? Right. And I think that's what's right. going on here. The statements they're making about race and and, and things like that are really, you know, they, they bring up a lot of great points. It's thought-provoking. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, I love how they break it down. How they, a lot of it is just human nature. Like, everyone thinks that they're above it. You know, even even people that do the most base things, uh, uh, reactions to stuff, but when you break it down, it's like, no, you are you are giving it to the same nonsense or fear that you know others before you did. 
you you just repeat the same cycles, which is sad. Well, you plus know, it's like egotism too, faster. right? Because we see yeah. the, we see the egotism of like that Cyclops. Then we also see the egotism of Lady True, right? Mm-hmm. And of Ozymandias working against that. But yeah, you know, if 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 Keen had only listened to Angela, then maybe they wouldn't have all been teleported into downtown Tulsa to Lady True's trap. Mm-hmm. And Lady True is like, "Hello, how are you?" And she also teleports all of the Cyclops hierarchy with them. Yeah, she opens the metal casket. He's like, "Well, let's see how that getting John's or getting Doctor Manhattan's powers worked out for him." <clears throat> and she opens it, and it just looks like a slushy, <laughs> like a melted slushy. Yeah, <laughs> just spills out some hot and so sour soup. soup. That's what that yeah. Is. yeah, no doubt. So, um, and she's like, "Well, evidently he didn't uh, uh, allow for you know the nuclear reintegration in quantum." Yeah. You know. Yeah, there, was, there was there wasn't a thermodynamic miracle to uh, help him out. Right. right. Oops. Right. She kind of shrugs. The blood somehow allows John to like uh, he's able to have enough strength to like teleport Wade, Laurie, and Adrian. He's a conductor. Nice. Yeah, as a conductor, exactly. Right, as yeah. a conductor, uh, he teleports Wade, Laurie, and uh, Adrian to Karnak. Mm-hmm. What I really like about Manhattan in this episode is just how defeated he looks. Like yeah. there's yeah. something about, it just it's so, so it's confused. very striking. Yeah. Just like him stuck in this mm-hmm. position where it's like his clearly his whole like deal is being messed with as far as how he can interpret things and what he can do or whatnot. Defeated, yeah. but he also played it defeated, but resolved that this is what's going to be. Yeah, because that's, that's him. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. He it's, always kept that. Yeah, it's amazing how different Yahya Abdul Mateen's uh, uh, portrayal is from Billy yeah. Cummings too. But they're like. Yeah. Both valid in their takes, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I really, I really appreciate his the way he's like the way not only he was showing like you're saying you know, the defeatism, but also like he was kind of that Billy Pilgrim unstuck in time situation where he's like he's saying lines that were from the original movie or saying you know he's he's, right. he's like it's because really... he's he's messed with with those tachyons he can't focus. He even tells Angela he's like it's hard to focus on now, you know. Mm-hmm. It's hard bit to focus a, on you. Bit of a sidebar, mm-hmm. I. I uh, um, Slaughterhouse-Five is one of my favorite novels, and I never had seen the movie before until I watched it recently because the Blu-ray mm. came out from Arrow, and the movie's very good. It's like, very I'm good. It's it is really a very good, good movie. Like, Absolutely. Like, th- I, thinking on it, it's like, I never watched it because I assumed it's like, oh, it was a movie, but it can't be that good. Like, the book is very difficult to make a movie out of, but they fuck, they did it. Like, it's a really good movie. But And I was thinking, in watching I was thinking about Watchmen a lot, obviously, because, yes, the unstuck-in-time thing, I'm thinking... Okay, clearly Moore and Gibbons had to be influenced in some way by Vonnegut. Uh, looking at Watchmen now, it's like there has to be some kind of connection there. But regardless, yeah, I, I certainly had that impression. It was I watched them very close together, so I was like, "Huh, I'm getting a lot of a lot of vibes here right now." As far as watching Slaughterhouse Five suddenly after watching Watchmen, but that's anyway. awesome that it got out on Blu-ray. That's great. Yeah, it's it's a really good Blu-ray. It made my uh, top ten Blu-ray list available on WhySoBlue.com. She has. <laughs> <laughs> Angela kind of had these, these moments with John, you know. John is like telling her to move away from the cage, and she doesn't want to. Lady True summons her quantum centrifuge. Uh, I didn't know it was called that until I looked it up. Yeah, that's uh, we big all do glowy, that. The big glowy ball. <laughs> the big glowy ball overhead. Uh, it goes over him to destroy him and steal his powers. And we see, like, the screen, it has, like, you know, 28% of Dr. Manhattan has been sucked away, you know, or whatever. Angela asks, you know, where are you? Um, and he says, in every moment we were together all at once. Oh. 
It's a good answer. I love you, Angela. And he says before he gets destroyed with a shockwave and Angela gets sent flying. Uh, we then cut to Antarctica. Wade is bitching at Ozymandias about what he did in 85. It's like, <laughs> you screwed up my life, you bastard. And you killed three million people. You know, he can't let it go. But Lori's yeah. like, look, you, know, you got to put that aside. We got to figure out why John sent us here, how we can, you know, stop this thing. And something I like, something I like about this dynamic is that you have Adrian and 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 Lori, uh, who are you know actual superheroes, like they've done right, this before. Right, right. Where you yeah, have this guy who's, yeah, you've done, you have this other guy who, yeah, he's involved in vigilanteism or whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, it's like. He hasn't seen the stuff that they saw. Like it's a neat kind of old school, new school thing. Even though they're mm-hmm. relatively close in age, like there's there's something there that I think works. This is when we get some really great stuff from Adrian. He's like, anyone who seeks to attain the power of a god must be prevented at all costs from attaining it. <laughs> I like that line. It's a good line. Like that line. It's perfect too because it's like, of yeah. course, of course, true is she's just as bad as daughter's father's. <laughs> she's a father's daughter, you know. Yeah. Uh, after all, she's a raging narcissist whose ambition knows no limits. Huh, what does that sound like? <laughs> uh, but Adrian figures out that if he changes the temperature of the squid uh, before he drops them down on Tulsa, he could drop it down like a, a five-mile radius on Tulsa, and it would be like shooting a bunch of bullets uh, directly at the ground. And, I like how Laurie uh, the, and the actress that plays her is so great. She's like, smart. She, yeah, she's as great. Jean's smart, as she as he's saying these things, she's like, that's you, dude. Like, there's moments where he just sta- they stare at him like that's you. You're you're describing yourself, and he can't even be as smart as he is. He isn't even right. He doesn't he see isn't it. even self aware to catch it that, that he's describing you know all the stuff that he is and and what he's done. And I love it those scenes like you you don't you can just go through it and not even catch that. But when you on a rewatch or when you do it, you just see the actors look at him like. God damn it! And there's people like that too. That they're you know they say this stuff about other people, and it'd be like, but you, you, you're just like that. Like, and you you can't even see it. You're so far out in it that you can't even see, you know, where you are in in this whole thing. And it's it's such a great scene the way he's doing that. I, I was thinking about when you know Lady True wants to you know get Doctor Manhattan's power or whatever. What would like what would that look like? Like yeah. a Vietnamese refugee. Who like loathes like Adrian Veidt and everything he stands oh, for? Man. Like, how would yeah. how, what would happen to like American imperialism and racism? And, you know what? I was kind of yeah. like, what if that happens? I mean, what if this plan doesn't work? And what is going to be the after? How are they going to describe that kind of aftermath in a, in a drama? You know, I was kind of mm-hmm. I was thinking of that for a while, but um, but no. Oh, and the thing I wanted to mention real quick when they teleport to Karnak, um, Wade. Uh, throws up. He pulls up his Rorschach oh, master sure. and barfs, sure. uh, just like Rorschach did in the yeah. comic. Um, I just wanted to mention that really quick. But um, but um, I noticed Laurie didn't. No, she always had that problem in the comic. Remember mm-hmm. when John would teleport her? This is such a more. This is a different, confident. What you know, Laurie now. Yeah. right? this is a. It's a veteran. This right, is a veteran right. Laurie. It was just weird to see him throw up yeah. or not. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the, the giant glowy thing with the mojo is coming over her, Dr. Uh, Lady True. And then we start to hear like little pling, 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 pling noises, right? Sound design in this too. This, this show all over has been great. We see Lady True standing under the machine. Oh, I forgot to mention her taking out all of the Cyclops people with lasers. 
Oh yeah, because I'm hilarious. sorry I, I glossed over that because that was hilarious. She was like, That's "Oh, the I have other to... part of the deal, that was right?" The and this is my deal. part of the bargain that I had with Mister Reeves, and mm-hmm. just obliterates them, um, leaving nothing left. Because uh, what made me think of it was she teleported that part of you know the 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 seven K HQ with them that has like the church in it, and in this mm-hmm. scene, her face is looking at it. She's about to attain godhood, and there's like a, a Christ on a cross. Like yeah. right behind her face, and mm-hmm. then as the squid fall down, she seems like something like hits her arm or whatever, and she looks, and there's a hole in her arm. Yeah, <laughs> and she looks through it, and in Vietnamese says "mfr." My <laughs> father. And it just takes out everything in a, in mm-hmm. a radius, like it's taking out the cars. Um, Angela scatters away. And is able to find her way into the um, uh, uh, movie theater, or not the movie theater, the, uh, the phone booth. Oh yeah, first the phone booth uh, with uh, Bien, uh, the the clone of Bien, uh, because Lori is warning her over the phone. It's like get yeah. out of there, get under some cover, get out of the way, get into a building. And she's like, what? Hello? Who is this? And I'm just like, <laughs> they don't do that enough in movies because if you no. have a phone call, you would be like. Okay, I'll do exactly what you say, strange voice yeah. on the phone. I can barely hear sure, it. Sure, I got it. Squid rain. Yeah, sure. No problem. Sure. Yeah. But she's able to uh, get into the um, Dr. Manhattan call booth and at first to stay out of the squid rain. Mm-hmm. She's like kind of hides BN in there so she's safe, grabs a police shield, and runs down the road, uh, you know, carrying all the way down, uh, you know, trying to save, help people as she can and ends up in the field. Did you think she was going to take the kid with her at first? At first, yeah, but then I realized she'd, that BN would be safe in there. That she probably yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't. It would probably slow her down. Yeah, um, that was. I was, kind of, I was like, I'm trying to reason this as I'm considering what kind of damage a bunch of little squids do to the world. So I'm like, all right, yeah, leave her there. Go, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be okay. Yeah, I mean they're frozen solid, so he's like he's like Adrian says they're like a bunch of little bullets. He's firing at the at the. Yeah, scene. once they land, it's it's over. But we cut back to Antarctica. Where Laurie arrests Adrian for his crimes in '85, which is weird because that aligns her with Rorschach, yeah, of all people, uh, in the belief that you know Adrian should pay for what he did. And uh, Adrian points out to her that she kept the secret all this time, and now you're having misgivings. And she responds simply and significantly: uh, "People change, at least some of us do." Mm-hmm. And then Adrian goes on this rant about, "How dare you! I'm Adrian White!" And then Wade clobbers him with a uh, with a wrench. Yeah, this is not a lorry that was scared. That guy talks too much. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, okay, now I want the lorry Blake and and, and Looking Glass spinoff. Yeah. With PD. I want to see them travel around Mm -hmm. solving crimes. (laughs) Because she's not scared of an action like she was at that time. She was young. She didn't know what to do with that. That that, that whole ending was like, how do you put that on, on someone like that? Yeah. Like what would what, what would you be able to do in the scope of something like that? If you had a secret like that in your twenties, how do you go on living your life? You know, yeah, yeah, and find out you know everything she found out about her dad and stuff too. It's mm-hmm. a lot of you know personal trauma. But um, yeah, I just think we should get you know Wade and Lori. I know because now we have a world where we'll you know with this information coming out, like wow, with the. We're kind of left again, like we were left with with Watchmen in the original, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know what? 
what could be the effect of this world if this secret came out? Well, back in Tulsa, in the theater where the uh, actual like miniseries all started in the rebuilt theater here, the Dreamland Theater, is sitting in the front row in his wheelchair. And the children, Angela's kids, her adopted kids are all in the uh, stage, sleeping. And Will's like, oh, I'm the grandfather and blah, blah, blah. And all I told him I was the grandfather and all this. And they listened to me and they, they've been you know, good and everything. And he was in the same spot uh, as when the season opened when he watched the Bass Reeves uh, movie. Yeah, and uh, he looked yeah. so tired. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, he asked her if uh, she took the nostalgia. And they kind of talk about his memories for a while. And then uh, he asked Angela what she felt putting on the mask. Uh, as hooded sort of justice. And Angela says anger. But Will corrects her. He says it wasn't anger that he felt, but rather fear and hurt. He says you can't heal under a mask, Angela, because wounds need air. That punched you. That, that punched me in the gut when he said that. That was such an emotional, like, punch. Like, to get it. Like, he really... Like this, this tells this. This really shows how much this show really gets it. When he when he had that reveal about that, he um yeah. This was like for me, this was the emotional climax. Yeah, you know, after the action uh, plot climax, it was nice to have these characters finally connect in a meaningful way. You know, well, that's the thing that people don't get. Like all these 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 there are people that uh, want to identify with Rorschach in the world, right? There there are those. But this is the part about all this that they would never understand. They only know the Clint Eastwood, you know, Dirty Harry kind of way of doing stuff, but they don't really get to what's behind motivations of people that do that. You know, where does that come out of? Where does that anger and hurt and, you know, all that, all those emotions to do those things they do? What does that all come from? And to hit on it like that. Like, you know, they could have played it like he didn't try to play it like he was just some, you know, I was just Batman. I was black Batman just beating up bad guys. No, it was it was a whole lot more to it. And he didn't he didn't want to get his wife had tried to get him to to understand. That was what his wife was talking about when she said, you know, like you, you, you. Uh, Will Reeves, you're an angry man. Yeah, you're an angry man. And he just didn't get it. Right. He just he just didn't get it. It wasn't but, anger all along. It was actually just like she says here, fear. Yeah. And hurt. Yeah. And um it's interesting like they how they they kinda of close the loop with this thing about masks. You yes. know, the mask you can't mm-hmm. heal under a mask. Like first you have like you know, Adrian says to me, masks make men cruel, right? <laughs> and like we see that. We see that in the early episodes, like right. when they go to Nixon town and they beat the hell out of those uh, the trailer park people, right? You know, mm-hmm. and then to Lori, right? They're just like a symbol of her childhood trauma, right. and like tra- trauma that someone else is trying to hide, and that is valid too because Angela has that. So does Will, you know. Right. Um, I could and, even pull that. I mean, I could, you know, even as growing up, and I love the character pull Batman, Batman, dude. Yeah, word. But but Superman he too. He lost his mask. whole planet. You know, I mean, but, come on. But man. that's the difference, right? Superman did heal. Yeah, and he and did Batman wear a mask. Did, he doesn't yeah. really wear a mask. Batman wore a mask, and he never really healed from the loss of that pain. You know, that pain right. of losing his parents. Like it is, it is such a thing that hits on on so many other uh, archetypes and 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 whatnot. 
especially with these, right. you know, superheroes with yeah. masks and this whole thing. Well, we see, like, the mask and the grand, you know, the groundskeeper. We see the mask yeah. when PD and uh, Laurie have their one-night stand. I mean, it's all yeah. these different applications of these of the masks. It's thing, all you know? dealing with the cover paint. And, and equally, right? equally valid, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the last moments of this, uh, Will helps uh, Angela bring the kids back to the house and then uh, says something along the lines of, well, Something he told me that, you know, you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs and that you would know what that meant when the time comes. And she goes, I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> so, uh, as I said in the last episode, when he was being uh, about to be sucked up into the, the space gun by the uh, 7K, he was trying to make waffles, right? Mm-hmm. And Angela was mad and threw the eggs to the ground. Um, in that... A uh, dozen eggs. One of the eggs is totally unbroken un- and, t- and pristine. And we get a flashback to uh, her saying, you know, John seeing that he could transfer his powers into an egg. And if she ate the egg, she could walk on water and have his abilities. And we see her out by the pool. Mm-hmm. She cracks open the egg, eats it, and puts her bare foot out to the water surface. Mm-hmm. And the show cuts to credits, and we hear uh, "I am the walrus." Yeah, perfect ending. Yeah, and also her and her, gran- and her grandfather connected, and he can- he went home. I mean, you get the sense of first he's like, she's like, you can stay with me for a couple of days, a couple of days. But you yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, exactly. underneath that, it's like this right. is it. You know, they're gonna. Probably, he's going to probably live out his days, the last of his days with her and, and the kids. And well, boom. That was the finale. Did you sit and just watch the credits quietly? Yes. Because I know I, yep. you, just, you yes. just felt like that, right? It's just, you just sit back and just stared at those credits. I, I, and I watched to it the all music. the way into the end and yeah. sure the end credits were done, make sure I didn't miss anything. I didn't want and to move. I stopped it I and immediately watched yeah. it again. <laughs> the you just, yeah, you just didn't want to move. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to lose, lose the moment. Yeah, and it just good. sat there watching it. Yeah. It really was. The, the one thing that kind of stood out for me is it seemed like things wrapped up a little too neatly. Or, or as you'd expect, it's like, of course, the racists got their comeuppance. Mm. You know, of course, uh, Lady True didn't take Doctor Manhattan's power. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I was expecting some. I mean, I can't say everybody had a happy ending because that's obviously not the case. I mean, Manhattan, <laughs> no. yeah, I mean, Manhattan dies essentially. Mm-hmm. Adrian gets gets hauled off to jail. Um, and obviously Keen, from his perspective, he didn't get a happy ending, but, um. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel too bad about that though. Really. No, no, yeah. no, but I, I guess I just feel like it was a little too tidy for, for my tastes. Um, because at the, I mean, at the end of the original book, you know, like this horrible thing happens and they all decide to cover it up. Um, and, and I I don't feel like there was any real consequence in this to the world for for this for this story. And maybe I'm just maybe I'm I was expecting a little too much, but 
and, and maybe their intention was just to tell a little bit more smaller scale. I mean, obviously it's in Tulsa. Well, he did. City, I, but, actually, he did. It, that was a, not to, to topple over the world, but just to, even though losing Dr. Manhattan is a big deal. I mean, it's not, you know. Yeah, it, I, it did feel smaller, I mean, but it is a bit, you know, there is a big change to the world. I mean, there is no more of Dr. Manhattan. I mean, you're sp- yeah. you're speaking to the narrative versus character here, where it's like, yeah, I mean, yes, on a narrative level, it's not the, the world might have been threatened to a point as far as if Lady True gets this, then she's going to be doing shit, and then that's going to be bad. But like, that's the overall that's the overall thing. But as far as what the series as a whole has been tackling, I mean, much like the Gibbons. More book was tackling, you know, the Cold War and a number of things in that area. This this show has been all about, you know, race essentially, among other sure. things. But I mean, and I think the there's only so much you can do with that as far as make, turning that, you know, pretty major and very important and seemingly most important aspect of this series into a kind of world threatening kind of plot to get to go through. But in terms of if you're asking for messiness, I don't think you're asking for that. But in terms of how this is all wrapped up. Getting to this point, there was certainly a whole bunch of stuff it you know it had to cover and it made it and it made it very ugly and uncomfortable at times. On like I mean, yeah, sure, have, you have an episode dealing with like all of Hooded Justice's background, or you mm-hmm. have all the stuff involving like what, what, the, the previous episode of Manhattan. Like there's things there that are kind of really throwing you through a loop and giving you a lot to chew on. And even the, the Vite stuff has like you know it's kind of mysterious aspects and like what it's trying to do and say about its own thing. I think. I hear what you're saying as far as the show, it 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 ties everything together. I think that's just, I mean, if you're making a series like this where you're not guaranteed more, I mean, you have yeah, to kind of you have right, to kind of come to some kind of not wanting the more. Like you have not, to kind of come to some kind of finality in all of this. Yeah, thing. Yeah. I, yeah. And the other thing is, I felt in the beginning of the of the show, it felt very strongly that this was going to be an Angela focused series that that her her character was kind of going to be front and center. And I think over the back half and especially the last couple episodes, I feel like it became less about her. Um, That's fair. And, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. With that. And, yeah, and I, I just, I guess I enjoyed seeing her character so much and how she was interacting with this world and what was going on. I feel like when the focus shifted, especially in the last episode to be way more centric on lady true and Vite mm-hmm. and, and Lori, then I think she kind of got short shrifted until like the very end. Um, but, but even the episode or two before, I mean, even She's the like, stuff about mm-hmm. hooded justice was more about him than her. You know, once she kind of took the pills, this focus kind of moved completely off of her and kind of went towards everybody else. And she became just a player uh, in the story as opposed to being a focus mm-hmm. of the story. And I think that's, that's the part that kind of bums me a little bit just because, uh, again, I just, I, I really was digging her performance and I, I really yeah. like, like her being the focus of this mystery and for her to really kind of get into the root of what, what all's going on. I mean, I, I hear but what you're saying. I mean, they ultimately, it, it it is her it is the emotional journey with her that you are following you do you do end yeah. with her but I, I hear what you're saying as far as her her actions taken in these final episodes make her fairly passive as far as yeah she's experiencing the main things yes. that are happening as opposed to causing them she's yep. not sending squids and bullets down she's not stopping mm-hmm. true she's she happens to be there right and i can 
I, I, I don't disagree with you. I can see that as being like, in terms of where the show started versus where it yeah. ends, the scope certainly expands. But it's like, okay, I don't know what the perfect version of this is at that point. So it's like, as it stands. But even I, though, it, even when you connect the dots, though, a lot, even the part she's not in, she has something to do with. It's part of her uh, legacy. Tr- agreed. Like, and she even was the person that kind of looped this whole thing that caused this all to happen in the first place when she revealed <laughs> the whole thing with the. Uh, yeah, yeah, like this, she kind of caused this and, and didn't even realize it. And then we, you know, then she, she finally does. And it's a love story. I mean, it, over yeah. underneath it all, it is, it is a tragic love story between her and, and Dr. Manhattan. And we, you know, we kind of get that. Like everything around it, there was just something that was going to happen and inevitably that was going to break up that, you know, that love. And it did. And and she, you know, she kind of got her closure, though, right? Like, once she took that makeup off, and that's it. Like, she'll never have that mask again. She'll never be. She doesn't need it. She doesn't ever need to be Sister Knight again. The the other thing that ultimately doesn't affect me too much as far as how involved she is in actually doing the things that bring comeuppance to what have you, is that you're still getting a consistently great performance from Regina King, who's Mm -hmm. very present in the, like, in terms of her involvement in the main plot, yes, it's kind of pushed to the side a bit, but in terms of like her acting, like the the episode before this, it's the her and Manhattan show. Like is that just yeah. as much as the focus is on him, she's in the whole episode sure. giving a tremendous performance. And she's in this episode giving a tremendous performance. I mean, she still has to do all the a lot of heavy lifting on the emotional side of things that I think is very effective. So it's it's a big I under I understand where you're coming from because I don't disagree. It's just it's a give and take yeah. as far as yeah. how do you ba- you know, for something as ambitious as Watchmen, it's like yeah, that's a, that's a lot of things to and, juggle. <laughs> and I guess for for there have to have been such a focus on race in in the in the show, the mm-hmm. one thing I felt a little let down was I don't feel like that the Seventh Cavalry kind of got their comeuppance. I think they were, I, I mean, ultimate yes, I mean they were all killed and and Keane was turned into liquid, but I feel like it was too swift and and like. I guess I don't know. I wanted there to be a lesson or suffering or some sort of penance or something like I, mm. I, I just feel like you're you're making a point of 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 showing how this this act happened and how horrible these people are and and what they're doing. And then it's almost like in the wave of a hand, they were just kind of wiped off the off the playing field. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like. I don't feel like anything was like there. I don't think there was a wider lesson that that ended up being learned or um, I think you know, that's the most realistic part of it all. Like, I mean, maybe so. Never, that's what I say. There's like, never the- that we did. There's even with these, you know, like the, the sad thing about this is if they went, if they were really think about it, if they did went 20 years into the future after this aftermath, there'll be another group. That, sure. That, that will be yeah. spewing yeah. the same Dave Calvary. Yeah, like, and they'll be spewing the same because it's human nature, right? You're always gonna have certain people. Yeah, I mean, it's human nature. People are asking. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's just yeah. It is. But I, I, think but I, I don't more, know. I guess I, I yeah. wanted something a little more punishing or a little more dramatic. Maybe that's what it is. I, just, I hear, I, 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 I hear what like you're. I hear what you're saying as far as that goes, because yes, you have, yeah. as I've mentioned already, you've centered a show very largely on the topic of race and like mm-hmm. the, pro- and, and you've, you've opened it literally on a, a 
quote unquote forgotten event that occurred in America that people yeah. were literally enlightened about in the real mm-hmm. in here in the real in yes. reality. So yes. it's like you end the show not doing something that really contends with that idea that doesn't like address this on a public forum in some manner beyond mm-hmm. just informing the people that are watching the HBO series about things that are very interesting and they can learn more about. But in terms of the overall narrative, there is a sense of like, wait, so what was the point? And that's not necessarily fair to the show because I do think the preceding nine, eight episodes did a lot to delve into where that all came from or what have you. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the overall plot, yes, the plot isn't focused on, you know, the death of Manhattan and true leading to some kind of, you know, giant PowerPoint presentation about why racism sucks or something like that. It's just like, instead, it's like, no, we got rid of these fuckers, like get them, whatever. And yeah, on the I, one hand, like I'm satisfied by that because fuck those guys. I don't need them to have some grand triumphant death. Just get them out of, just swat them like sure. flies. Get them out of here. Get all the races out of here. And it, and it also, but it, and it does speak to, uh, Daryl, what you've been saying as far as, this this is not it's not like this is gonna stop like you can give all the right. speeches you want to. Well, Hate's look at what Will said. I think it, and I think they chose to do it more about the victims healing. Like Will, after this is all said and done, right when he has that talk with his granddaughter, he basically is like, I don't feel any better with them being dead. Like I don't. Yeah. There, he got nothing out of it. Like that. That's what he probably wanted for years, right? That was a part of him wanted revenge. He kept all that equipment that he probably kept a hate for a long time but when all said and done it's like it just was just a hollow thing as anything else and you know he probably he'll get more out of i think the more rewarding thing is he's got angela and those kids he got family now you know, instead of just staying in that hate, because before that he couldn't be around anybody, right? His wife took the kid, took his son, and ran away because they, she didn't want his, you know, their child to grow up with that kind of, grow up in that kind of hate. And uh, and I think when it all said and done, I mean, and that, I think that's what we're left with. I mean, it's sad. when I when I watch uh, uh, documentaries or hear people speak that have been victims of horrible. Uh, racist uh, attacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who come out of it. Like that, I think that is why people that do live on hate and those that don't will never trust. Like if they were, if the 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 roles were reversed, they could never forgive. They would never forgive people like them. And that is why they always <laughs> these people always go and do the things that they do. Is because they react the way they do because they always think someone's out to get them that, that we're gonna you know that people are gonna rise up and come and get them because they'd never forgive them for the hateful things that they do to other people. And when you break it down, Will is like it's over, like it's done. Just tonight, she kind of like they had they both had to let go of that stuff, like you know, like all that hate and anger and 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 whatnot. They just they can't. She could stay in it, but it wouldn't. It's not gonna help her move past it. She's had it for years and. And now I, I feel like they they get a much better. I think it's much more rewarding for me to watch them just come together as two people healing, right? Two uh, family to healing. It was interesting to me that like, you know, Angela is pretty much married to a god, right? Yeah. So like the existence that she chose for herself was to become her childhood hero, mm-hmm. Sister Knight. You know what I mean? And to like. And and it just speaks so much to like uh, her, like you're saying with her and and Will's character, you know the kind of what you know. We, we, I think in episode four, 
where the guy talks about how he wasn't at the squid dropping, but his mom was. Mm-hmm. That genetic trauma. When they were talking about like you know the trauma so ingrained they share it, yeah. that it, mm-hmm. it's, it get pa- gets passed in the DNA. Yeah, I think that's uh, like what we're seeing here. You know what I mean? I mean because they're so similar. You know, they're both they're both you know are wearing masks. They're both you know police officers who mm-hmm. aren't able to do what they want to do until they put on their mask and actually serve justice until they mask up. Um, they just I mean it just seems like they have so much in common. You know, and there's that mm-hmm. same like you know you know they both think it's anger, but no, it's fear and hurt, and it's that same thing. You know. So. I think they loop closed. I think they're loop closed of continuing that hate, like whether she walks on water or not and gets the power of, of Dr. Manhattan or whatever. But I think emotionally she has healed. Like she, she and her grandfather have finally healed and that hate hopefully will never move beyond them. You know, hopefully the son, her son who looks like he has the most anger in him, because he was the oldest, and he saw his parent, you know, his parents get and murdered, killed, and everything. But yeah, you know, I would, I would even say it as a counterpoint to something that Russ said. I think it even it draws uh, an even harder distinction on Angela after she's experienced all of Will's memories in that one episode that wasn't focused on her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It wasn't focused on her, but all those memories that she lived through impacted on her so hard and this is yeah. where you see the payoff sure. of that you know yeah but i i, I get to you know I, you know more regina king is better than less regina king i understand it sure is <laughs> but i mean personally i really can't fault it for sticking the landing i mean how many mm-hmm. shows have we seen before you know <clears throat> excuse me lost uh that didn't quite you know, have an <laughs> ending that the the viewers wanted or or could yeah. accept and in this like super polarizing, you know, divisive kind of, you know, fully on critique world that we live in, you know, on the internet or whatever. It's nice just to see something have a nice beginning, a middle and an end mm-hmm. and something that, you know, is, is just well-crafted, well-made and well thought out. You know, I just, I would, I really, uh, again, you know, like a Sinar Zero episode, I come to, I came to this very, you know, full of doubt, very trepidatiously, um, you know, that what would happen and what they would do with the franchise. But I'm ending the series incredibly satisfied. Um, it's definitely, I mean, when we end up recording that top 10 TV series, it's definitely going to be in my top 10 for the year. Um, and I want to watch it again. I'm hoping to have a chance mm-hmm. to watch you know, through again. It's only nine hours. So, uh, so I mean, that's where I stand on it. I was, I was a, it's kind of like uh, 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 Denis Villeneuve's uh, Blade Runner sequel. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was, I'm like, Blade Runner does not need a sequel. Go away. You know? <laughs> but yeah. when I watched it, I'm like, wow, this is a great movie. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> I was wrong. So I, I had a bit of a higher expectation for this, just because it's, for one thing, it's HBO and Lindelof. They seem to be doing it. Thing, but, but I'm but just like, using that as an example. No, no I hear you. No, I coming like to the, it, you know? But I never expected this to work. I never expected like I, it to work. You know what? I, I'll, I'll add to that, Daryl. I didn't expect it to work as well as it did. Yeah, like that's, I expected that's the best it. Way I could say it. Yeah, yeah, I expected it to. Fa- I expected it that to either just be okay, or or to just or immensely disappointing or or divisive. You know, like just totally like people who are you know really much a lot of fans of the of the source material will just not like it at all, and then the people that haven't been into that source material but just watched the HBO show because they like the actors involved are like it's fine. They're not 
connected, you know, but yeah, to well, see people. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, uh, go ahead and finish your thought. I'm sorry. Well, to see to see people who are fans of the source material and people that are not who haven't, you know, uh, been into source material connect with this show. My, my brother-in-law watched the show and had hadn't read the he, he borrowed ended up borrowing the graphic novel from me mm-hmm. uh, over Christmas because he had just seen the show. Like he That's said, great. come to yeah. come to it without the comic knowledge. Um, it's, it's, it, when, you know, when Lindelof started out this thing, he was like, I'm a huge fan and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's great. That's the same song and dance that Zack Snyder gave us, uh, before the well, every movie, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm a huge fan of blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it didn't really mean a lot is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, when everyone does it, you know? Right, right. But right, you everyone. can tell from the writing, the world right. depth and everything that's going on here mm-hmm. that he really does. Even the ones who are angry about it, this. Yeah. Right, like it's even I, I did, you know, some people I know that you know left it with I, oh, you know, they still are holding on to the I hate this, it should never have happened thing, yeah. and it's fine, that's fine. But the worst I, I hear is, oh, it's that SJW bullshit. I'm like, <laughs> have you ever read it, Watchmen? Uh, there's this book you might want to check out. It, I hear more. The more the more I hear about it, actually, is the whole. It's a betrayal to to. To um, to more like oh, it, I've it's heard a, that too. That's what I, heard that that's, too. I hear yeah, more of that than anything that, else. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, yeah that's, that's what I've heard more. Of and I don't think that's a fair criticism either because I, I, I mean it's not like they're going back and getting all the copies of Watchmen and you know editing them and adding this to it. You know what I mean? I mean his book yeah. as he wrote it is still there on my shelf. And you I, know what I, mean? I <laughs> well, and it's just every I, the, the comments I hear are. I mean, this argument's been done to death, but it's just so right. they got screwed. They got yeah, screwed. They, they got screwed. It's like, well, you know what? This Dave is... Gibbons isn't afraid to help hold his hand out and take that pile of cash that they keep <laughs> right. sending his way. He's totally fine with it. Like this whole Alan Moore being butthurt about signing a shitty contract back in 1985. Like I look, do I feel like he got shafted? Yeah, probably. Totally. But he signed a contract in 1985 after. All these people signed contracts or provided work in the 30s, the 40s, and the 50s, and every one of them to a T got effed over. Yeah, big time. I get it, but like it's it goes, it goes beyond deal. that, though. But yeah. I get what you're saying, but it goes it goes beyond that. I, I like I said, I totally get it. And Gibbons, you know, letting bygones be bygones and being able to like, you know, kind of be able to have money to bankroll his own stuff is great. Because he mm-hmm. should. He's a brilliant yeah. artist, you know. And Alan Moore is Alan Moore. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just right. gonna be, he's, right. uh, what's the saying? That Alan Moore is going to Alan Moore. You know what I mean? Yeah. This will never In this realm, I mean, they have the talent and they've already been able to prove themselves. So it's like, I mean, you can either hold on to something and be mad about it forever right. or you can just oh. move on to something else. Like, you did. I mean, he has Alex G. He has, like, various... Regardless... Uh, I don't like saying LHD. He has League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I mean, like, this is his... But the comic to, is incredible. I mean, I know the movie just sucked ass, but, right. like, yeah, he, but the he just great. wrapped up the, the Tempest, which is going to be the final uh, installment of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen with Kevin O'Neill, and the comic is incredible. I mean, he's still, yeah. like, at the top of his game as far as writing. And this I is, look at this he, and go, this is never... This is not about ever solving that problem. Like that issue will be that issue. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, ultimately, if if you feel like he was screwed over and that Watchmen is sacred and it should never be touched and never be yeah. added to and never be, then you're finished. an asshole and you should get over it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <You're> good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Speak, Did I speak speaking, my mind a little bit. I'm sorry. 
I'm, you know what? I, you know, there's this this quote I always use from Dashiell Hammett. Like they go to his, he's like in the twilight of his years, and they're interviewing him about his big career or whatever. And he's like, the reporter's like, "Aren't you mad at what Hollywood did to your books?" And he looks up on the shelf. He goes, "What are you talking about? My books are right there on my shelf where I left them." You know, it's like all of Alan Moore's books are still. You can get them in an unexpurgated, unedited, you know, form in a hardbound or digital or however you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, that's my, you know, if you don't want to be a part of it, then just ignore it. But, you don't have to be. But you people get so be. torqued because they're like, it shouldn't exist yeah. in the first place. And it's like, yeah. well, that that ship has sailed. Like, you know, right. that happened 30 years ago. It, it, it's not going to change. It, I mean, if you're if if you just have a, a if, if your moral high ground says, like, I can't be a part of it, then. That, look you cannot power and you, right and you don't have to be but me i don't hold it sacred enough that i don't i have no expectation that a corporate entity is not going to exploit intellectual property that they own so i'm kind of over it and right. all i want it to be is just good like you know that that's all i can ask for yeah and i can ignore they, they, what's they, not good and i can accept what uh-huh. is good so yeah. There you go. S- speaking to <laughs> criticism, I mean, it, bringing up more and like saying, like, you know, it's, it's not what they, it's not even given, it's a betrayal, what have you. It's like, I mean, I can respect various criticism from an intelligence standpoint. I'm not saying people are disintelligent just by saying that, but I mean, that does speak to a place of insecurity more than anything, as far as like, I can't handle the idea that there is a modern version of this thing that I like, and therefore I'm going to lash out by invoking the artist that I have no connection to whatsoever besides fandom. It's all like, right. all right, good for you. <laughs> That's, but it, it, what I do like about this show, though, is like, aside from these stray comments that I make on these remarks, and it might be part of something else bigger, it's for the most part been universally accepted, which I think is pretty impressive for something like this that's this weird and ambitious. Mm-hmm. You don't get that very often, this kind of no, universal praise that it has. Like the, the, the criticism it has is very minimal and very in the minority, where <laughs> most people are like, this is amazing. Like, this is like one of the best complete seasons of television we've seen in forever like it's right. really it's really good especially for like a, a, you know right from the outset it's not like it had to build to it's like oh man season three is where it really gets good this yeah. is just great all the way like it's no, true. and we're saying this in a in a in a in a climate that is so like there's so Bent many, on being divisive and yes and there's so many places where you can get hate from like uh-huh. like we all have we're all on social media we've all been through it with podcasts and stuff you could see the, there's so many venues that people can yell how much they can hate it. And I, and I thought I'd see more of that. And I didn't like, mm. that's the thing that surprised me every, every episode, every night I thought I would get a, like even saying I, every time you tweet love, I'm like, I expect tomorrow someone's going to tell me, uh, give a diatribe of how they hated it or how it, you know, it betrayed this or blah, 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 that. And I didn't. You know, to get like, in fact, I got responses of, I didn't think this would work and it did. Or I, you know, like this was amazing. And this is, you know, like, so I, that surprised me. I think that surprised me most of all that you would see so many people tapping into this and getting it and, and enjoying it and loving it. Even with how, you know, these are subjects people don't like talking about. Yeah. Still, like, this yeah. is still a, it's still hot button, a hot and, button subject, too. And it helps it didn't really have an episode that was a serious misstep. You know what I mean? Like, right, like right. even really great shows have 
an episode or two right. in its life or even in a season that just suck. Like they're, you know, they just miss the mark or, you know, they go in a weird direction or they try mm-hmm. something that just doesn't work. And, and I, I think this was pretty consistent across, across the board. I think, I think it didn't really have like a lot of ups and downs for me. I mean, you know, ultimately there, there'll be episodes you like more than others, but mm. I don't think there's anything where you're just like, Oh man, episode four. Oof, what were they thinking with that one? Like, yeah, I think, uh, I think part of, Oh, I'm sorry. Just real quick. I think that, um, one of the things that really, uh, helped with that was that it was only nine episodes. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. without having to like have filler episodes or, right. you know, side that's, things that's, or whatever, it just was very That's what focused. I was going to say. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, there's, no, 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 you're fine. I, I was going to say, I was reading about that with Lindelof a bit about like why he chose to do nine episodes. And it, it, it had to do with like, well, we could have done more with Lady True, I suppose. But when like drafting these episodes, it's like, well, it would just become like you're saying, it would just become a filler thing as opposed to. Right. A tight set of episodes that really get to exactly what we want to do, and you know, budgeting and what have you. Like it, it was by, it was by just what naturally made the most sense, as opposed to just trying to fill a slot. And I think I, that I mean, it showed. I, yeah, I, I can I can imagine like having more detail in certain aspects would be like good to some degree, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I, I, if you want, to, if you have to sacrifice a few bit, you know, character bits to further deepen it to make a an overall more rewarding experience. I think that I think the, the bright compromises were made. I, I, I will say, I think I wish, or I would have liked, I think one more episode. I think, I think one more episode would have been able to kind of expand and maybe tie a few things. Like the fact that PD just kind of became MIA, the fact that, like, did they ever really talk about why true wanted that farm? Like, did, was it, was it, was that Vites? So was that ended? Did it end up that that was a flashback and that was Vite's ship that, that landed was ship, in the field? Yeah, yeah that was the yeah. ship. That okay. Was yeah. Because I mean, the thing when it landed the first time, it landed really gracefully, and so that's what kind of threw me off. Is to like, I was like, okay, um, I never really got also why True and Will were so interconnected with each other. Um, she says that Will came to her. Because mm-hmm. he knew about what's happening with Cyclops, and that she put the idea, or he put the idea in her head that Doctor Manhattan might be in Tulsa, because he had met Doctor Manhattan. Right, true. That was the plan, wasn't it? That Doctor Manhattan, that was the plan he set out. Right. He told him to do that. He yeah. He sent him there, basically. Yes, he did. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. So I, don't know, I, I guess I just would have liked a little bit, like I, I, I still think. I, I mean, again, this is a nit I'm picking, right? Like this isn't. This doesn't diminish my like in uh, terms my of, enjoyment. In terms of PD, they gave you all the PD you could handle. They gave him his yeah. own website. Like, yeah, <laughs> right, but I mean, I know. But I saying. think it goes to how much you like it, though, that you wanted at least one more. Because yeah. I felt the same way. I would lo- like, I would love one more. To yeah, just I, I get didn't, a little I didn't bit. Like, you know, oh man, if this was a twenty-two episode season on television, this would have been yeah, awesome. Like I don't, that, yeah, yeah or, or even a thirteen, like like doing the more, you know, kind of the criticism of the Netflix stuff on the Marvel Netflix stuff is like thirteen was eh, yeah. too much. I, I, I like I said, I just I think maybe one more would have been enough to just kind of flesh out a few other a few other things. I think yeah, I would one have been. more round, one more round. Because yeah. um, <laughs> I I do feel like you know it's funny we had a conversation before we recorded about it about something else that kind of ended abruptly. And and I, I again I think the one criticism I have of the final episode is just everything kind of fell into place rather quickly. It's like mm-hmm. you're you're taking eight episodes to tell 
this story and kind of draw out like what's going on and, and leave it a mystery. And then, and then it all just kind of like comes, you know, boom in at the, at the, at the last episode to the point where you get a little bit of moment to breathe at the end, but, but, um, uh, just for Angela, I feel like, I don't, I don't feel like anybody else kind of had their moment after the fact to kind of, uh, deal with, with the aftermath. So again, I, I think just one more, I think would have, would have been, I think I'd, the, the ultimate difference I have between Watchmen and we were talking about star Wars with star Wars is um, the, regardless of how much they actually know what Watchmen gives me is the impression that even if Lindelof didn't get to make a 10th episode or, you know, stretch it out to 10 episodes, Everything that's going on in this series, he knows the answer to. Any question right. you have about no, what's going on with these characters, yeah, right. you know, he knows the answer to that yes. question. There is an internal logic that he has very clearly mapped out. I can't say the same about Star Wars, and I think that I think that shows I, just based off of watching the thing. I think yeah, that's very that's, that seems very clear to me. Like if you, I mean, he might JJ might have answers to various questions, but Star Wars podcast. <laughs> but I, but I, I think there's, I think there's a confidence that very clearly yeah. shines throughout this series well, that makes that separates it from other things. To be fair, same with Game of Thrones. To be fair, to be fair, new new season of Lettercade debuts today. Lindelof and Nicole Castle and the, the writing team and the directing team all work together in concert as one in this one project. Whereas for the Star Wars movies, you had, you know, two different directors. Uh, definitely two different visions, right? Different schedule, different, yeah, and uh, multiple just, sets of writing teams, right? Yeah. Different writing yeah. teams, and everything like that. Whereas, I think the real coat, what really works, what really works on um, a lot of levels for me on this, is how interconnected everything is, how well thought mm-hmm. out everything, everything, right. is how, everything has a reason, like, uh, uh, like everything has a reason why in this, and that really speaks to me, you know. Uh, and I think that again, that's because you have a unified vision of. You know this this writing team, this core writing and directing team. They know what they want to do. They've thought it through and they've executed. And if you want to compare it to Star Wars, I mean, they executed like I said with with different writing teams, different directing teams. They brought J.J. Abrams in at the last minute after you know dumping Colin Trevorrow. So there's a lot of different external things that Watchmen didn't have to deal with. This had breathing room. This you know this is yeah. a show that they you know that they planned out so well. Star Wars didn't, right? Star Wars was the show, and the recent movie. I mean, I know this is Star Wars broadcast, but the, the difference is you had something where every, you know, everything was worked out, and he talked, and they, and they argued with him, and they, you know, there was pushback to decisions and stuff like that. Whereas in Star Wars, he, it was all written on the fly, and you know, and this is why something feels kind of off and something doesn't like this does feel like well, i mean the cohesion that you feel in watchmen definitely could have been used in star wars the um the cohesion in pacing too could have definitely be used in them but anyway because i wouldn't i wouldn't say watchmen is an astoundingly fast-paced series there's no. a lot of leisurely moments but well, it's all com- sure. it's but it's never not compelling to watch right <laughs> And if people wanted to gonna... hear more of your opinions about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Aaron, <laughs> where would they go to do that? 
<laughs> you can find everything I do. I'm sorry, uh, did I hit your toes with my segue? <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, you, you, yeah, you, you can find everything I do at thecodazeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there, but I do, among the things I do, is a podcast called Out Now with Aaron and Abe. And yes, we did record a Star Wars podcast just recently. We had another one, actually, too, that delves more into things that hasn't released yet, but that'll be coming soon. Um, I'm also writing uh, film reviews and occasional TV reviews at weeklyentertainment.com. Um, I have various lists coming out because of the end of the year, so those are going to be available at whysoblue.com. So, yeah, that's all. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Okay. Where can people find more of you, Mr. Daryl Taylor? Uh, well, uh, you can find me on uh, the Taylor Network, a podcast, uh, and you just look that, look that up online. It's on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, all those play in Google Play, I guess, if that's the whole thing. Um And the man who I have definitely talked about Watchmen more than any other man in my life, (laughs) Russell Latham. Oh, just stay tuned to hear HHWLOD. We'll be back uh, before you know it with The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that show. Oh, man. Yeah, we're also going to be, hopefully, uh, we talked about putting out a special episode on HHWLOD and the Taylor Network and some top 10 TV lists. I know Aaron. You said you wanted to, you could you know jump on that maybe, and I I have one, and whoever else wants to be uh come along for the ride with their top ten TV shows of the year, uh part of a nothing's on slash uh, HHWLOD collaboration. So check that out coming soon. So until well, I guess this is the last uh, Watchmen. The Doomsday Clock is at midnight. We're all going to die at Crystal Knocked. Yeah, no, no, nothing ever ends, Jim. <laughs> oh, that's right. Thank you so much for reminding me. TikTok, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Yeah.